0: All right, Donald, welcome to Found Footage February.
1: Wow, I didn't even realize the alliterative quality of that Mm -hmm. naming month. Good job, you. Uh,
0: We are starting off this month watching Cloverfield from 2008, and your blurb is a group of friends have entered deep into the streets of New York on a rescue mission during a rampaging monster attack.
1: That's a little bit of a misguided blurb, because they don't enter the streets of New York. Like, they live there, and they're trying to get the fuck out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's not like they showed up and were like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Um, This movie is directed by Matt Reeves, Uh who is currently lighting the world on fire with Batman.
1: What do you mean lighting the world on fire? Because the Batman's doing that? Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, no, because like the DC universe is getting rebooted and there's going to be a new Batman, but they're going to let the Matt Reeves Batman universe still exist alongside of it.
1: Oh, okay. The Reeves universe is going to be separate. I did not know that. Okay.
0: Um, he also ends up doing two of the Planet of the Apes movies after this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he also did the American remake of Let the Right One In, which was Let Me In with Chloe Grace Martz.
1: Yeah, this movie is not quite his like directorial debut. He did two movies in the 90s, but then he did a bunch of TV in the middle. So I feel like this is spiritual freshman effort for a movie.
0: Yes, and then it is uh, written by Drew Goddard, who also wrote all of. Did Netflix Daredevil, which I saw, which was, Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's really cool. Um, He also did Bad Times at the El Royale, which is a really weird movie. And then he wrote The Cabin in the Woods, like, immediately after this, which was also really huge.
1: I still haven't seen The Cabin in the Woods. It's okay, you're not missing much. I don't really enjoy that movie very much. It's got a catchy, like, premise, though. Premises in the title.
0: Yeah. Um, He also did a bunch of uh, Buffy and Angel episodes as well. Mm -hmm. And then this movie stars... People who aren't did not get very famous after this movie. Lucy Cappé. Well, so there are some exceptions. But yeah. I wanted to preface this month by saying that like usually people who are in found footage movies don't really ever go on to have explosive careers afterwards, even if the Makes movie sense. was a hit. And I don't know why that is, and I'd like to discuss that as this month goes on.
1: Oh, okay, great. Well, we can save that. My initial impressions are when you have found footage movies, you want people to look like normal people. Like everyday people rate, so then it puts a cap necessarily on what their movie stardom can be.
0: Sure. I guess the main stars of this movie are Mike Vogel, who I recognized from She's Out of Your League, which Mm -hmm. is a Jay Baruchon movie. Uh, Jessica Lucas, who was in the Evil Dead reboot in the early 20-teens. She was also in a TV show called Friends with Benefits. It also starred Zack Krager from Whitest Kids You Know, which is the only reason I know that that show exists. (laughs) Um, We mentioned Lizzie Kaplan, who is, like, great and everything. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Most recently, Fleischman is in trouble, right? She's the friend.
0: Yeah. um, Unfortunately, TJ Miller is in this movie, and we're in his point of view for a while.
1: Yeah, so I've, like, I've known he's been embroiled in controversy for a while, and I wanted, like, maybe to (laughs) air what those all were, because I didn't realize the extent of his insanity.
0: Sure. Uh, I mainly just said, unfortunately, just because I don't think he's entertaining. Yeah. But also he has controversies. So it's like if he was like entertaining, but there is some controversy, people would call him an eccentric. But it turns Mm -hmm. out he's just a bad actor and he did some questionable stuff. So he's just crap.
1: He's a bad actor in more ways than one, right? Yes.
0: (laughs) So so he's got
1: assault and sexual assault are like the big ones over multiple victims. These are all alleged, by the way. I couldn't find any uh, like for sure convictions or payouts or whatever for any of these. But then there's also he called in a bomb threat, a fake bomb threat on a lady that was riding on a commuter train with him because they got into some sort of like argument while he was inebriated. So he called in a fake bomb threat on her. And then he got removed from the train before the like authorities arrived to shut the train down. Um, But he, those charges ended up getting dropped. I'm not entirely sure why, but (laughs) I thought that was a really interesting piece. And then he's also been accused of multiple misconducts on sets of things he's acted in. So yeah, just all around kind of an asshole.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, he's just not entertaining.
1: So the last, uh, credits oriented thing I wanted to talk about was that this was scored by Michael Giacchino who did the score for the Batman, which that score is incredible. And this score is incredible as well. And then Michael Giacchino also directed the werewolf by night short. Well, it's short. It's an hour long, um, on Disney plus, which is a okay. pretty cool little, little segment. Oh, Huge Michael then, Giacchino
0: fan. I guess we should mention this is a bad robot production as well, right? This is J.J. Abrams before he destroyed both Star Trek and Star Wars.
1: Do we have to mention him? <laughs> I'm cool not mentioning him? Sure. Aliens like, is the only thing he did that I'll give him credit for. Right, fair enough.
0: Yeah. So I had never seen this movie going into this, which is this crazy. This is a me. movie that like I had missed when it came out because it was like I know it's coming out during like the footage renaissance of like paranormal activity, but it. The trailer has a lot of shaky cam. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of shaky cam, so I think that's why I skipped it. Um, I have, however, seen 8mm, which comes out after this, so Mm -hmm. people thought was connected to it, but it's not.
1: No, not connected. And actually, the other two Cloverfield movies are not connected to this movie as well.
0: I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I have not seen The Cloverfield Paradox. Don't. Just don't. I saw the commercial during the Super Bowl for that, and then i was like cool this movie is great i'll hear about it tomorrow morning and then i never heard anything about that movie ever again
1: that's not true i talked to you about that movie because yeah, i like, was literally the person that went home and i queued it up on netflix and i watched it that night because so i was like this is fucking cool and then i watched it and i was like what are they doing to me
0: well, sure but i meant like people like out in the world right so if it was supposed to be this big deal that hermit? was worth
1: well no, no, i like, know what you're saying you always tell me had no things buzz
0: because yeah, it's terrible but like if you know, they promoted it during the like fourth quarter of the or the halftime of the Super Bowl or something, right? Yeah,
1: it was the halftime. It was basically yeah. like, hey, if this game sucks, go watch this movie on Netflix. It's available right this second.
0: Yeah, so I was like, if this movie's gonna tear the world on fire tomorrow morning, my various feeds are gonna be filled with, you have to see this movie. And then the next morning, the paradox was that the movie technically didn't really exist out in the world because everyone who <laughs> yeah. watched it was too ashamed to tell anyone that they had watched it.
1: Except for me, I I definitely watched that movie and I hated myself for it.
0: I remember I think I asked you like later on in the week. I'm like, should I watch this? And you were like, no,
1: <laughs> no. If there's one thing I can do for you as a friend, it's to tell you not to watch Cloverfield Paradox. And now I'll, I'll have died a fulfilled person. <laughs> Are those screams coming through? All right, whatever. He's can he can be on the podcast. Yeah. Are you ready for the Jeff mandated recap or do you want to talk about promotion stuff?
0: Be, uh, um let's talk about the promotion stuff afterwards okay. but before you jump into the recap yeah so i'll do a little bit of it for you we open on like military footage of like this is like tape number blah 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 mm-hmm. into evidence and then it's just unedited footage for 40 minutes of that them at an awful birthday party the government would 100 percent cut that shit off of this of their evidence
1: they might have i mean it's also makes for a document of all the people who have died right so if they ever need to figure out like if there's ever a memorial of, of the Cloverfield accident, right? Then they didn't sure. know. So
0: then my question is, who are we supposed to be in the point of view of right now? Uh, yeah, the, who, oh, who so we,
1: we're the intern where they're like, hey, this is recorded on a uh, DV tape, right? From a, an old camcorder. And uh, we need you to move this to like a digital file, basically. That's who we are. Okay,
0: so so we press play and then we like left the room. We're in the break room talking to like, Sherry, who's like four cubicles down, about how we can try to trick her into going on a date with us this weekend while this is just playing in an empty conference room.
1: Yeah, meanwhile, Sherry is like in a committed relationship and has no interest in us.
0: Sure. Yeah, that, that all sounds pretty. Angry. Yeah,
1: yeah. And thinks that we're a huge dork. So yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, my so I know this is gonna sound really stupid, but my watch through of this movie when I was actually having to like sit down and do the recap, I realized that the the whole construct of how it's interstitched with like past events and then current events would be incomprehensible to someone who's never figured out how to record a tape before like those that inner stitching doesn't happen anymore because you just record a digital file and then you just record a new digital file you don't write over tape anymore
0: yeah so. uh, and, I, and i kept I kept uh, every time I would cut back, I'm like, oh, is this supposed to like pertain to what's happening now? Yeah. So much so there's a scene at the end of this movie that mm-hmm. I'll talk about when you get there where I was like, am I supposed to be looking for something? Yeah. They, but I don't think I was supposed to be.
1: OK, well, we can we'll get to it, I guess, at the, at the end of it. But yeah, so I think the point of view is, you know, we're converting this over. Like, I don't think we're sitting in a, you know, senatorial investigation office or whatever and trying to dissect this film. I think it's more like, all right, kid, here's, you know, a trailer full of evidence we need to digitize it
0: sure and it's also like not like a national archive thing because they wouldn't leave a lot of that stuff in because like i'm pretty sure the little crawler things that are running around Mm -hmm. those are classified those didn't actually exist oh right the giant monster rampaging through the city that one exists Uh the sea monster that destroys the bridge it's clearly different from the kaiju destroying the city that one doesn't exist and Uh the little crawlers also don't exist okay only the one that was actually rampaging through the city exists
1: officially exists
0: interesting okay the other two species of these kaiju things don't exist
1: interesting well i can't wait for your take on that (laughs) okay so we like you said we open on this the found footage piece of it where it you know gives us the little overview sets the the groundwork essentially that this was recovered in central park or what was formerly known as central park and so you know going in like all right this is found footage and the people that were in this footage were not presenting this to us so the likelihood that they made this out alive are pretty low right
0: yeah also they're fucking rich because their apartment looks over central park well
1: that's i mean i think the implication is that beth's parents are very rich
0: well, yeah because so, they mentioned it's like they're at best dad's place
1: yes exactly right we get fragmented bits of rob and beth spending time together so it's implied through the early footage that they were childhood friends that have now started being romantically involved with one another uh, and then we get cuts to present day so present day is day of cloverfield accident where rob is getting a goodbye party thrown for him so the implication is that this tape was made probably while rob was in college i'm assuming maybe at like columbia or nyu or something like that business college and then he's going to japan for his like first real job job is the which idea. is
0: super ironic right because normally the kaiju terrorized japan right so well, he was I think that's intentional. Japan, yeah. But the but the kaiju came to America. Yeah. And right. on a different coast even. Mm-hmm. It came a long way to meet him.
1: It did come a long way to meet him. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I think that's 100% intentional. That so put a pin in that wrong coast thing too, because I actually that was the like gripe I had at the time and still have currently.
0: Oh, uh, the kaiju comes through the center of the earth.
1: No, nope. Not according to viral marketing, it doesn't. No, this is um, that's my
0: theory for you for the wrong coast. <laughs>
1: So then we are at Rob's farewell party, and the camera gets handed off to HUD and HUD is told to um, film basically like farewell speeches to Rob so that when Rob is in Japan, he can look back on this tape and miss all of his friends even more and then he can go drink sake and you know, just be bored, I guess, in Japan. <laughs> the party then blows up when Beth shows up with a different guy, yeah, superstar. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Acts as if she has no idea that that would be a faux pas showing up to Rob's going away party with a guy.
0: Yeah, like clearly like she broke up with Rob because he's going to go to Japan. Yeah. Because he did not break up with her. That's very apparent. Yeah,
1: because he's excited for Beth to show up.
0: Right. So she clearly broke up with him because she didn't want to do the long distance thing. Mm -hmm. And it's been less than two weeks. We find out very soon. And she's brought the new guy to the party to... Rub it in his face so he can be really sad before he goes to Japan.
1: Yeah. And she she does the like, so I'm so offended that you're upset at this. Like, I'm allowed to live my life, however. And it's like, you are allowed to live your life, however. But maybe don't show up to someone's goodbye party with their replacement boyfriend, basically. It's <laughs> yeah, like kind there's, of manipulative you know, to, at the well, very least.
0: <laughs> manipulative. There's like some boundaries being crossed and uh-huh. stuff like that.
1: Uh, So anyway, she storms off. So Beth leaves the party, which is important for our act three, basically. Uh, And then we get our inciting incident. So Rob and his brother are commiserating over the loss of Beth on the like fire escape. And the brother basically tells Rob, like, you weren't good enough for her anyway, dude. Like, don't worry about it. You never had a chance. And then at that moment, there's a rumbling, right? So there's a it kind of comes across as an earthquake on the tape. But we come to find out really quickly it's an explosion. So there the we're in just above downtown New York. So we're in like Tribeca area. And then we're looking towards Liberty Island, which is, you know, just across the Hudson River.
0: And an oil tanker is capsized and exploded.
1: Yeah. So we're, on the news footage, it talks about this oil oil tanker that's capsized and then it blows up. Uh, and then the coolest shot ever happens when the Statue of Liberty head like flies into the street in front of them. Uh, there's a building that gets rammed into by a distant kind of, like, looming shadow, essentially, and then that collapses.
0: So, this is where I immediately took issue with this movie. Okay. So, when the Central Liberty Head crashes into a building and then Mm -hmm. lands in their street, the people who have lived in this city and who have had this thing happen just seven years before, don't immediately start evacuating.
1: Correct. They all stay
0: in the street, like, they could... How do they not just all assume it's another 9-11?
1: Well, okay. You're diving into, like, the
0: i, guess, I understand like the that this entire episode. movie is made as a millennial's attempt to process their trauma from 9 yeah, 11 this exactly. is entire movie is a parable for that but this movie takes place in a real world we are watching real documented government footage of a kaiju attack and when this starts happening in this world 9 11 happened and these people are immediately suspect that it's happening again that's true they all just stand in the street and look towards the carnage
1: i choose to believe for the continuity of the movie that 9-11 didn't happen and so this this is the first incident where massive tragedy happens in downtown new york
0: All Right. well i was fully immersed and i was like this is happening in the real world and this was covered up in 2008 well, and why aren't these people running
1: this ties into what you talked about where you know normally japan is used to godzilla and the other kaiju rating because they use godzilla as an allegory for the hiroshima and nagasaki right. nuclear bombings right and so This is an homage to Godzilla, but then also used in the same way for 9-11. So I think that's like a meta meta text of what this film was supposed to be. Uh, Okay, yeah. So the building collapses. There's rubble everywhere in the street. Uh, We get the view of the monsters like foot basically as it comes by whatever convenience store they were hiding out in. Then we shift into act two. Right. So we've had our inciting incident, which is like there's a monster loose in Manhattan. So now that we're trying to figure out what to do. We uh, come up-
0: I was just the, the reveal of like Marlena. So she stays out on the street when everybody yep. runs inside and they come back out and she's like Covered uh, in catatonic sick. on yeah. the side of the road. And they're like, what happened? And she's like, it fucking walks through here and started eating everyone. I was like, yeah. what a cool reveal to learn there's a monster in this movie and just having like a catatonic character be like shit went down.
1: And they were being eaten, right? Yeah. That's not something that you think about every day, it was just, like, yeah. being prey to something, yeah. Uh, so they decide they need to evacuate. They hear from the hullabaloo, essentially, that they, if they can get to the Brooklyn Bridge, they're letting people across the Brooklyn Bridge, but the tunnels are both uh, cut off, probably because the water kaiju destroyed them, right? So no tunnels. So, like, for context, they basically need to traverse directly east, for I don't know maybe like three to four miles so they've got a pretty good hoofing in front of them to get to the Brooklyn Bridge and keep in mind you know the entirety of downtown Manhattan is trying to exit the same way the ones who haven't died I guess they're trying to exit yeah, the same it, way. it really
0: sucks because like they don't know they're already dead but they've been dead since the monster made landfall right yeah like, well trapped yeah. On this island and there's no way the government's gonna let that stand
1: yeah we finally get to the Brooklyn Bridge and we're separated along the bridge so hud gets kind of left behind and then we get the view of the bridge being destroyed by the tentacle monster just like totally takes down the bridge takes rob's brother and a couple other people leaving lily who was i guess rob's sister-in-law but not because they're not married leaves lily leaves marlena leaves rob leaves hud so we're down to four at this point rob then for whatever reason checks his voicemail and is like i have a missed call from beth and she's trapped in columbus circle we have to go back and get her which everyone in the movie rightly is like that's insane because you know how far away that is and he's like i do but i have nothing else going on in my life like my whole life's purpose is now just accomplishing this one thing on a whim that she hasn't died yet which is ridiculous so yeah just like for more context it Going, getting to Columbus Circle from where they are involves going back the way they came, past the party, and then like uptown to Central Park another five miles. So they've got like a two-hour walk ahead of them in party attire, essentially. Uh, but there's a subway shortcut. So they're chased into the subway because the army like begins an assault on the monster. It doesn't go amazingly well. Some shit falls off the monster, and TJ Miller screams his best girly scream and they run down into the subway and this is my other favorite part of this movie is the subway crawl basically because it's very video gamey right it's, it kind of feels like doom almost where they're going along in the subway they keep hearing noises the like rats come at them the like wave of rats come at them and like what are the rats running from right <laughs> and, and that's one like,
0: of the most terrifying things ever it's like if you ever see like cockroaches or rats or whatever or like you see in movies like snakes and stuff like coming out of a forest. Yeah. If you ever see the natural wildlife fleeing, you better hope you're faster than them. And you should run in the same direction they're running. Yep. Because they yeah. know what's up.
1: Or at least hope that they've got enough of an advanced warning that even if you're slower than them, like you're still not going to get caught up in order the thing is. But yeah. that should be like the biggest flashing red warning sign ever of like, oh, literally every bird in the area is flying away from the area I'm in.
0: Yeah, it's the exact same thing as like uh, if you're in the eye. Of, it's like it's like being in the eye of a hurricane, right? Yes. It's like the, it's like the same sort of warning symbol. Yeah,
1: a little bit of a calm before the storm. We switched the camera to night vision. Uh, this camera has like an amazing battery, by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I know movies got a movie, but uh, we switched the camera to night vision. And the little things that were falling off the big monster are now crawling on the roof of the subway system and so now we got to flee for our lives we end up heading into like a maintenance bunker and marlena gets bit i'm not entirely clear the mechanics of how they implant people but so marlena gets bit they make it to a like safe zone army safe zone then they figure out marlena's been bit and the army people freak out they take her to a medical tent and then we get the view from the other side the shadow view yep go ahead uh
0: how how we learn she's been infected is like Pretty awful. So she's like, she feels dizzy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then, then her like, eyes start to bleed. Yeah. And then she's like, I can keep going. And they go, and then the military stops them. And then she's like, then she says, like, I'm feeling really weird. And like, she's like bleeding from the eye sockets. And like, we got a bite. And then they like take her into a
1: tent. And then yeah. she. it's a silhouette. It's like a shadow yeah. silhouette.
0: It was like she was in the movie Spontaneous, and there was uh-huh. just a big explosion of blood. And, and it's like normal. Like...
1: like the army people don't even freak out about it. They're just like, um, we lost another one, I guess.
0: Well, so they're like Marlena was earlier in the movie, right? When the monster came down the street and ate everyone. Yeah. They're sort of catatonic because in the last, like, two hours of their life, they've seen all of these humans just do this now.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought uh, when I first watched it in theaters, I thought she was going to explode into one of the little monsters, right? Because that's a pretty typical alien trope is the infection from within type of a deal. Yeah. Like implantation. That's what I thought.
0: So I just assumed that, like, she got bit... But because it got pulled off, it didn't have time to implant anything in mm, her. Okay. So I, I'm guessing that it probably replicates fairly quickly. So it would normally bite you, implant something inside you. It would gestate for an hour, and then it, it would be ready to go, and it would burst out. Okay. But it's not strong enough to, like, break out of something, so right. it makes the body itself combust. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have a chance to implant her with anything, so she just, the kept just took the exposure part
1: explosion okay fair enough i thought maybe the monster was just pissed and it's like i'm not even gonna bother implanting people like i just want you to explode into an angry death basically sure because <laughs> it's it's a mean monster like it's mean looking when we see it later
0: yeah i guess there's also a world where she doesn't explode she just vomits blood everywhere and maybe it's just liquefying the inside of her
1: oh sure okay
0: right like it's, it's creating
1: a husk or to, like, inside of. yeah
0: yeah which is like way
1: worse <laughs> yeah way worse because that's Not probably,
0: you know you're going to like dry heave yourself to death as your organs liquefy and escape every orifice of your body and you can't scream because all you're doing is choking on
1: your own blood on that note we find beth and she is at the top of this building that's been kind of like half knocked over sheared off at whatever level her dad's apartment was exactly cuz moves got a movie and she's impaled on a rebar uh, we get her off the rebar and we Make it out of the building. The monster's roaming around now central Manhattan. It's basically following them around. Uh, We make it to the helicopter evacuation. Lily gets off. Helicopter's away fine. Then TJ, Miller, HUD, sorry, and Rob and Beth all make it on the second helicopter, which just in time because the
0: military is about to airstrike the the Kaiju monster and light it up so we can finally see it from the air.
1: And they do this, like, scenic pass where the helicopter doesn't just, like, take off and go in a straight line. It kind of, like, does a loop-de-loop, just, like, looking for the monster. And then the monster jumps out at it and swipes it out of the air. And it crash lands in the middle of Central Park. And then we get this kind of cool scene where Hud is getting a, like, not through the camera view of the monster for the first time, because I think he's only seen it through the small lens, right? And so now he gets the full majesty of it. And then it eats him, which is fitting. And then... Beth and Rob profess their love to each other on camera. and they have their triumphant kiss right as the nuke lands. And it's implied that the monster did not die from the nuke. So yes, <laughs> awesome. And then it cuts to the last scene of them on Coney Island, where they're like saying goodbye to each other, slash to the world through their previous day out,
0: yeah, and it so it pans to the ocean here, yeah. And I was like, Oh, What's this, in the
1: ocean, Jeff? What is well, that?
0: Well, so I didn't watch this when it came out. Yeah. But the year this movie comes out, Iron Man also comes out. Uh huh. So I've been conditioned for f- 15 years since this movie came out that stuff happens in the last like two minutes of a movie to set up the feature thing. But there was nothing in the water.
1: Or was there? No, there wasn't. I paused it. Or was there? There was nothing. OK. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't anything. There was but, definitely a controversy at the time because I remember going on to internet forums after i watched this movie in theaters and being like wow this is so cool i need to talk to people about this and there was a theory running around for a while where they were like you got to watch the ending there's something that falls in the water at the end it's going to set up cloverfield 2 and so i dragged my ass back into a theater and i watched this movie for a second time in a theater just for that scene and couldn't see it again and i was like man maybe that's a bad eyesight like i do wear glasses I Meanwhile, well,
0: jj abrams is in his basement like haha tricked another nerd out of his
1: <laughs> basically <yeah. laughs> Got yeah, well, it. movies were only like 750 back then so sure. yeah it didn't even get a lot out of me
0: yeah but i paused it i was like i was like man i bet when this came out there's probably entire message boards of people going frame by frame of this piece there
1: literally like, were
0: literally anything yeah yeah and then i was like you know what because this is a sound footage movie, though, I like that it has that little piece where the Internet probably did some sleuthing or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what these movies are all about.
1: And it so this movie had a really weird box office run. Right. So it's made for 20 million dollars. And then it it nets or grosses 80 domestically. But it made 50 in its opening weekend so it makes makes 50 and then it drops off to nothing basically it drops off to to 10 the next weekend and then it's like five after that and it has this really short lifespan all prompted by this viral marketing where it was so the first trailer came out in front of transformers and it didn't have a name the movie did not have a name there was no like you know substitute title or anything like that it was just you know coming soon this thing and it's like what is this thing wild and then at some point in the future after that it had another trailer where it had you know cloverfield and with the green the green matrix font and you're like oh okay all right cloverfield what does that mean what does that mean and then they started dropping stuff on like viral sites so they created a well, site so I, was for- gonna,
0: I was gonna bring this up but like this this puts this movie in the perfect place of time because they made personal MySpace pages for each of the characters in character. And I was like, it's like a time capsule of literally the late 2000s. (laughs) It is indeed. All wrapped up in one.
1: Uh, And then one of those MySpace pages links to the Slusho site. So the Slusho company, they're like uh, Icy, right? But they make this beverage that features not like biologic enhancements something you would find at like whole foods and it's some something they've been harvesting from the bottom of the ocean so the implication is that this mega company slusho awoke whatever this beast was in japan because it's it's a japanese site and then somehow it ends up in new york which just like i still to this day cannot understand like okay this monster woke up in the depths of japan and then it was like fuck seattle i'm gonna go all the way around and come up around new york
0: so i'm gonna read you this in the wikipedia page okay unlike most viral marketing campaigns this one had virtually nothing to do with the film's plot or characters instead focusing on the fictional drink slusho and the fictional company taggarato slowly giving clues to the secret origin of the monster that isn't addressed properly in the film so you follow various clues and players would discover that the monster is an ancient amphibious organism discovered in the construction of Chuai Station, an oil platform off the coast of Connecticut that belongs to the Japanese company uh, Tigerato,
1: which had the purpose of
0: extracting a substance called seabed nectar that would become the secret ingredient for the drink slusho.
1: Got it. So it wasn't in the Japanese sea. It was found off of Connecticut. Got
0: yeah, it. but the Japanese company bought it, and they're basically scraping the goo off of the monster to make the drink slusho.
1: Yeah. Yum. Yeah. Talk about an explosive time. Um, And
0: then uh, the little things that come off of it aren't little babies of the Cloverfield monster.
1: Correct. Yeah, they're their own parasites that live on it. Yeah, it's kind of like a fish, right, where the fish has littler fish that eat the stuff off of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty clear from their construction, right? So we get, I think maybe disappointingly, we get a full on view of the monster when HUD points the camera up to it and you look at it and it's got this like pulsating lung sack or whatever. And I don't know, it's kind of like, meh, I don't know, I wish they hadn't shown me.
0: It's got the it's got the, you know, the frog bulb throat thing, but it's yeah. like around its brain.
1: Yeah. And then we do like we see fast action shots of the little ones and they have a like more pronounced snout. Like they're clearly of the same, you know, genealogical family like that. There's some uncles that were <laughs> friends with each other a long time ago, but they're not the same monster.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like how a Komodo dragon is, you know, very slightly related to a garyle.
1: Sure. Yeah. This um,
0: movie, this movie, make a ton of movie worldwide because it says the box office is 172.4
1: million. Yeah, so it made 80 domestically and then it made 170 worldwide.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah. Usually the U.S. market like carries most of the movie and then the worldwide is sort of like ancillary. But I think, I think because this movie was a way to explore 9/11, it became important to other cultures to understand like how Americans experienced 9/11. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, like, when this movie was over, I was like, this movie is to Matt Reeves and Drew Goddard what, you know, hereditary was to Ari Aster. Yes. Just Ari Aster's happened inside of the home.
1: Correct. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. So, having not seen this movie, what, uh, I don't know, what things stood out to you as being enjoyable or bad? or I mean, I know you've shared some stuff, but.
0: um, So, the monster reveal at the end was quite a big letdown and i understand that there is like you feel an obligation to the audience to show them the monster Mm -hmm. but if you're going to do that make the monster look cool
1: yeah i agree
0: the scene where they're like dropping the air bombs on it and you can see him kind of lit up in like the orange and gray light if you would have left it there i would have been fine with that like yeah where he's like
1: walking around kind of like on his forearms almost right yeah i totally agree
0: like, I don't need to see HUD look up and see, like, the pulsating sex on its head. I don't need, I don't need the close-up. I'm good without the close-up. I think yeah. it's cooler if you don't. Um, I think you probably get a sequel if you don't have that shot.
1: Mm, sure. Okay.
0: Right? Because people want to see the monster. You can come back two years later and give them the monster. Yeah. The party... The party was a little bit too, it was about 10 minutes too long. It I drags we, a
1: long time. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, I understand we need to know who these people are. So <laughs> like, we're sort of invested in them as we go through the movie. But I think you can just have their character come out when shit starts to go down. Cause like Marlena's character, like Lizzie Kaplan carries most of the first half of this movie. She really does. She's like yeah. the best actress in this movie, but like her witnessing the monster in the street and being catatonic. And then like her taking charge of fighting the parasite in the tunnel and all of that stuff is, like, cool. So we're learning about her character, right? She can, like, she can live through the the tough shit. She's, like, willing to fight to live. Because when she's in the party, HUD's, like, hitting on her. And she's, like, just being nice and tell him to go away. Mm-hmm. But she actually gets, like, a character arc where the other ones are, like, well, she's stuck on Rebar. I can't do anything else. I might as well try to save her. And yeah, like, like,
1: literally a damsel in distress, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Or if they, if they didn't go try to save her, they probably could have left and gotten away.
1: They just might like, have assuming the monster didn't eat the other bridges
0: yeah um and in the end we're like so the way i rationalized the helicopter thing is the way they were flying they were going to have they were flying away from the mainland so they were turning to go back inland and that's uh-huh. when the monster got them yeah that's how i'm choosing to view <laughs> it rather than movie's got a
1: movie movie's got a movie yeah i think uh this is a movie that I loved when it first came out, like love, love, love. I, I would have probably told you in the year of 2008 that this was my favorite movie. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe second favorite Jurassic Park still has like the throne. But th-
0: this movie is really revolutionary for the year in which it comes out. The problem is, is like it's a year where movies are starting to take a big jump in what they do. Yeah. So because this movie's at the beginning and so much stuff has happened after it loses a
1: lot to time. It does lose a lot of time. I also unfortunately own this on DVD, so that hasn't aged well. So like as my TV and Blu-ray player have gotten better, this movie just starts to look worse and worse and it already looked terrible to begin with. And part of that was on purpose, right, to cover up bad CGI. I think I remember reading an article where whatever company they had outsourced the CGI to did kind of a bad job. And so they made the choice to make it grainy and kind of wash a lot of it out. But they, you know, I spent $20 million on this movie, and this movie does not look like a $20 million movie.
0: No. Um, I know you told me this movie is free to watch on Pluto, but I did not want to watch it with ads, so I did rent it. Yeah. But I re- I chose, like, the forty nine option, which was, like, standard definition uh-huh. rather than the high definition. So I'm like, oh, if they're offering the standard definition one, it's probably actually meant to be watched in that one. Oh, they don't okay. okay. Give you-
1: SD Brothers, then.
0: Yeah, because most of the time they don't, like, give you the option unless the worst option is clearly the better option to watch it in.
1: Yeah so i was sense. like
0: i'm gonna watch the poor the poor resolution version, <laughs> and it looked good like i was like oh this looks like a whole movie and like yeah. i was doing great until well, the like 10 ish minutes
1: mm-hmm. and the other thing that this movie doesn't do is and you alluded to this a couple times which is the day that we've cut over right so you know this 80 minute movie happens over top of rob and beth's day out on across the city in coney island the day that we're, we're cutting over top of nothing ties into the other movie. Like we don't need to have any of that.
0: I thought about this and I was like, Oh, I know what that was originally for. And I think this led to a reshoot because I think originally it was supposed to be like, um, it was supposed to show you how much love and affinity they had for each other before he was going to leave. Sure. But then they introduced Superstore guy, right. To destroy all of that. Mm -hmm. And that felt like a reshoot. So then they can rediscover their true love throughout this traumatic night. But they never do any of the work to, like, recut the footage they've already shot to make it feel like that, right? So it felt like the scene at the party was added later to create tension where we didn't need tension. Because Mm. the tension is currently in the fucking ocean about to capsize the tanker and rip the head off Statue of Liberty and throw it at them. We don't need a fake... We don't don't need a breakup to make us worry about these characters. Because the monster is literally running towards them.
1: Yeah. This movie... At the time, and still currently, loses me once they get off the bridge, and instead of focusing on the fact that his brother just got murdered by a sea monster, he's like, I need to get to way the hell across the city in Columbus Circle to go rescue this girl. Like, I would have listened to that voicemail, and I would have said, cool, Beth, why don't you call Superstore Guy?
0: Yeah, it's basically like, my brother just died, but what if I could get fucked one last time?
1: Yep, pretty much. So that feels like not realistic at all. The the act three part of this movie kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, I think at that point you'd be like, hey, you would tell the military like, hey, my friend is trapped on this building. She's she she was alive. And then the military is like, you know, like,
1: Listen, and then man, they I'm laugh happy. at him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they're <laughs> like, we're not going back into the city. It's too right. fucking dangerous. At that point, you're probably like, you know what? The people with the fucking... Helicopters and jets and machine guns and Humvees and rocket launchers said it's too dangerous to go back in. That's probably a good call.
1: Yeah. Um that being said, I still really like this movie. Uh, it's not as amazing as I remember like every time I watch this, some of the tarnish comes off or not tarnish, some of the varnish comes off of it, right? Where it was this cool, like unique, awesome idea and that shines through.
0: Yeah, and the varnish every time I watch it
1: sort of like meh.
0: And the varnish coming off is not leaving it with a nice antique patina.
1: Correct. <laughs> that is correct. It's sort of showing the like crumbly bad metal underneath, basically.
0: Um. All right. Well, let's grade this movie. I'll start since you've seen this movie once, and you said in 2008 this would have been your favorite movie of all time, so that yeah. might skew your grade. It I does. give this movie a solid C plus. Okay. I could have done without the like will they won't they breakup tension they had and yeah. like trying to go save her on the roof. I don't need that part. Like the monster just randomly showing up and rampaging straight towards them. That's cool. Let's run with that. I don't need, I don't care about what Beth or whatever his fucking name was. We're doing two weeks ago or now because none of that matters anymore because the world is ending and a monster yeah. is eating.
1: it. I agree. I think uh, because it needs the monster to follow them around, it kind of feels like the monster is literally following them around Manhattan when he's just kind of rampaging. He's randomly rampaging. Right. And they happen to keep crossing his path. Uh, but because of the way the story is constructed, it feels like he, like you said, he throws the Statue of Liberty head at their apartment and then he follows them to the Brooklyn Bridge and then he follows them back to Columbus Circle or he like knocks the building over to tempt them back to Columbus Circle where he can really get him. And it's like, no, no, none of that's actually true. He was just going on a wild rampage.
0: Yes. So what are you uh, creating this movie?
1: I'm still going to give this movie an A. I, like that's a legacy grade it's not a, it's not actually in a movie but the sound is amazing uh the sound production of this movie is great uh and then the two scenes where the statue of liberty had flying down the middle of the street and then the dark subway tunnel scene just all timer great suspense scenes
0: all right so now that we've gotten cloverfield the movie out of the way i want to talk to you about cloverfield the franchise okay and <laughs> One, because like you used to listen to a podcast that the guy who made 10 Cloverfield Lane was on. Yeah. So is there a reason why Not, they folded that into the Cloverfield umbrella?
1: I think it was just purely marketing, right? So they had this branding of Cloverfield that they were doing nothing with. Uh, and I think they just re- re-plumbed those depths, to use a metaphor, to capitalize on that. And I then the, like, the ending of 10 Cloverfield Lane is ambiguous enough where you're like, okay, they were hiding in this bunker, because of these monsters doing a takeover, right? And so sure. there's like a loose connection there, but it doesn't flesh out any of the Cloverfield story.
0: Well, so what about Paradox then? Paradox Is it called Paradox? Because it ironically doesn't have anything to do with the other Cloverfield It really
1: doesn't. I mean, it <laughs> the the way Paradox happens is is sort of like a I don't know, it's like more of a I'm trying to remember the type of trope it is, but basically one of the guys that's up there on the space station is evil with them. And what's happening on earth that they had to flee from has nothing to do with Cloverfield or the monsters or anything like that. It's an environmental thing. So it's completely unrelated and it's not, it's not alien or like depth of the ocean monster. There's like no connection.
0: Okay. So then is Cloverfield as a destination kind of like a, like a twilight zone banner?
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's right, probably like, more accurate. So
0: you put Cloverfield in front of it, and it's basically, like, oh, you're getting like a sci-fi horror movie. Yep,
1: yeah, it's, <clears> it's, like, it's, it's a branding, exactly, like you said. Yeah. it's a it's a branding.
0: Okay, I was just wondering, like, it it's, it's just weird that they would, you know, slap Cloverfield on it. Like Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think, might have actually been more popular had it not been associated with it, because they got a lot of backlash for being tied to it. I can when see it came that. out.
1: Yeah, because you basically, you know, tricked some of the internet grognards into being excited about it, and then they went and they were like. This has nothing to do with Cloverfield. What are you doing to me?
0: Yeah, I, I think. 10 Meanwhile, Cloverfield that movie is amazing. Yeah, it would have gotten the same rollout that like Get Out got where like it could come out earlier in the year and it would just mm-hmm. like build its audience throughout the year. Yeah. Ten Cloverfield Lane is the very first Blu-ray I ever bought.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. As soon as I had a Blu-ray player, I was like, you know what in I, <laughs> I have to own? Ten Cloverfield Lane. Well,
1: Yeah, apparently you're also getting checks from 10 Cloverfield Lane because you've said that movie's title more than you've said this movie's title.
0: I mean, the movie is great. (laughs) Cha-ching. Listen, JJ, I know you're listening to this. Give me some of that bad robot money. I will write a sequel to 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'll call it. 13 Cloverfield Lane, and it's about the farm that's just down the road across the street.
1: Oh, okay. It's like, I thought it was going to be like in the same community, like 10 Cloverfield Circle or something like that. Well, no, it's
0: it's the prequel. That's where the girl lived, who originally was in the bunker that oh, got killed. Oh, sure. And we get to watch the prequel version of that movie. Okay. I'll even write it, JJ. Give me where
1: money. Where he decides that she's the one that's going to propagate the human race going forward. Yeah. And needs to save save her, quote unquote. Yes. That's where <laughs> she
0: gets put in a barrel.
1: If only we had ever talked about 10 Cloverfield Lane on this podcast. One day we will. We have. I'm pretty sure we've recorded about it.
0: I have, a, I have a, another question for you. If you were to make a sequel to this movie, would you have the monster attack somewhere else? Or would you like choose to explore the origins of the monster instead?
1: Can I go with neither?
0: Yeah, what would you do with the sequel?
1: Yeah, so part of what works for me of this movie is that it is New York City. Um. So I would do another New York City, but it would be a different monster, I think. Okay. And not necessarily one like from the ocean related to it. I think it'd be more like, hey, let's fuck up New York City again. How fun is that?
0: Yeah, I think it would be cool to like maybe even just like from the depths underneath the city. That's where the parasites went and they've just like melded into a new monster.
1: Ooh, OK. I could see something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: Like whatever whatever they're meant to propagate, like burst through.
1: It could be just like quiet place, colon, New York City. Right. And then yeah. like those monsters and these ones are similar enough that. Just stick them, stick them together. Sure. And then you get to have the really cool, one of my favorite things is the like uh, urban jungle is now overgrown with plants kind of a look, right? Where I Am Legend had featured this a lot where it's like, oh, what would happen if, you know, people just stopped living in the city? What would that look like? That's one of my favorite, favorite things of science fiction.
0: I mean, that's why we, that's why you love Station Eleven so much.
1: That's why I love Station Eleven. It's like why I love the Natalie Portman um, sci-fi I'm movie. Annihilation. Yeah, yeah.
0: This has been Movie Club, a proud member of the Coconuts Podcast Network.